today. The Below Average Joe's MMA Show present the weekend preview. And we have a lot to talk about today, including UFC Vegas 69. <laughs> We're also going over the hottest topic in the MMA world. Dominic, did Islam use an IV? Are IVs allowed to be used? <laughs> Where does Kevin Lee fit into all of this? <laughs> all of this and more, and it all starts right now. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Thank you for joining us, episode 267. I am one half of your hosting duo. My name is Noah Baker, coming to you from the great state of Indiana. The man to my right, he's loud, he's proud. That's Dominic Salee coming to us from the great state of Ohio. Mm. Dominic, how are you feeling today? One thing that's very nice about being so close still state-wise, you know, and of course we lived in Ohio together for the majority of our lives, but mm -hmm. one thing that's nice about still being, you know, being saying, being able to say we're like states away. So maybe people kind of get this idea that we're like global, you know, like right. Of course we have yeah. reach across the Midwest. But yeah. one thing that's nice is the weather is always the same, yep. no matter yeah. what. Precisely. Because today, guys, it's been a downpour. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody's been reading headlines about what's going on in Ohio and the Midwest. Yeah. But honestly, the, the, anything involving water just terrifies me right now. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I really considered, Dom, this morning. I don't know if I'm crazy. I might be losing it. <laughs> But after some of the shit I was reading online about this East Palestine, Ohio thing, and the, the, the some of it might have been conspiracy nonsense, some of it might have been real reports. I don't know. I was went down this rabbit hole. Yeah, I was considering asking to work from home today because I didn't <laughs> want the rain to touch my skin. Yeah, yeah. But what I did. Time. So Crazy time. I die. I mean, Dom will have to carry the show on in my honor. So. Of <laughs> I, I, if I did, if I did, if I were to die, I would hope, Dom, that you would just like put like a drawing of me. Like I'd put that. your picture in the top corner. Yeah, there you go. And then you just continue, just pretend like, you know, maybe, just maybe, you still do the episode like we're doing now, but you you go into post production, do a voiceover for my part. It's been a wild, wild. <laughs> Afternoon for the fellas getting this episode going. Man, you're not kidding. I mean, if, if you guys could hear the conversation me and Dominic had before this episode started, it's one of those conversations where you mention just one thing and then all of a sudden you're like way over <laughs> yeah. The left field. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the thing is, we could go back and watch it and nitpick and look at, at the exact moment we got to where we got. But instead, we are going to burn the footage and we'll never see the light of day. Right. So quit asking. <laughs> yeah, right. But Dominic, that's not what we're here to talk about. It's uh, UFC Vegas 69 along with um, some IV accusations. There is mm -hmm. a lot going on right now. Uh, the card is not great. Actually, it's, it's pretty bad outside the main event. But we're going to give you guys the talking points of the card, some fight announcements, and, of course, the big story with 
the IV accusations. But we'll start with the main event. Dom, how, are you ready to just get into it? Yes, yes. Let's go. Main event. Aaron Blanchfield will be taking on Jessica Andrade on short notice. Jessica Andrade. Well, I might have said that backwards. Jessica Andrade taking this fight on short notice. Originally scheduled to be Taylor Santos and Aaron Blanchfield. Instead, it is now Andrade. I, I don't know. I, I haven't decided if I like this fight more or less yeah. due to the circumstances. But, Dominic, you know Jessica Andrade, probably my favorite fighter in all the women's divisions. Aaron Blanchfield, my favorite prospect in all of the women's divisions. Mm. This is a hard fight for me. I'll, I'll be completely frank. And the odds tell an interesting story here. Andrade is still a favorite. She's minus 125. But those odds have been closing rapidly. Mm-hmm. Blanchfield opened as a much heavier underdog, closer to plus 200. That has gotten all the way down to where she is even money right now. Mm-hmm. The fact that Andrade is a favorite, some people may be surprised by just because you take into account the short notice of taking this fight. Uh, maybe some of Aaron Blanchfield's uh, perceived advantages in the grappling. But Dominic, I want you to explain to the people, why is Jessica Andrade still a favorite considering all that I just said? <laughs> because it's Jessica Andrade at the end of the day, Noah. That's the biggest Enough thing. I mean, th- Yeah, Sorry. this is someone that will fight anyone, anywhere, any weight class. It does not matter. Uh, she's got wins in three different weight classes. She's challenged for a title in this weight class. She's won a title at 115 pounds. She's number three at the end of the day in this division. The great quote that Noah says from time to time is that Jessica Andrade might be the second best fighter in two different divisions. And golly, sometimes I think it's even three with the way bantamweight is some uh, these days. But yeah, that is exactly why. You look at the experience of Andrade, the level of competition of Andrade, it's hard to make her an underdog against anyone she fights unless it's someone like Valentina Shevchenko. Let's just be honest here. So I, I like this fight a lot. It's still a huge opportunity for Aaron Blanchfield. She's going from, you know, someone who is ranked higher and Taylor Santos being number one, had a very razor-close fight with Valentina. But I almost feel like the win over Jessica Andrade still does a little bit more in the grand scheme of things for her name value and where she really stands as a title contender. So this is an awesome fight. It's an awesome opportunity for Aaron. Shout out to both ladies for taking this fight, because obviously Andrade is doing this on seven days' notice. Aaron had to, of course, say yes to still do the fight. So it's awesome. I'm very intrigued by the X's and O's, too, but in terms of the storylines there and why these odds are the way they are, I don't think you can really put it any other way, my friend. And I know you probably feel the same in terms of Andrade. No, yeah, I mostly agree with everything you just said right there, Dom. I think Aaron Blanchfield's looked amazing through her first few UFC bouts, but truthfully, this is a huge jump for her. It was a big jump with Taylor Santos. It's arguably just as big, if not bigger, with (laughs) Jessica Andrade. And I think stylistically, Jessica Andrade is a tougher fight for Blanchfield than Taylor Santos. And that some people may disagree with me on that. That's not to say that Taylor Santos is some cakewalk. I think they're, they are equally big of a challenge, but Jessica Andrade has a big equalizer that Taylor doesn't necessarily go to. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Blanchfield has shown a weakness to in her past UFC fights. That being the knockout power, 
the the her striking is just electric it's very mm-hmm. good she ambushes her opponents she's very technical but also just comes in with brute force and aggression aaron blanchfield has not been knocked out but dominic i think back to her fight with jj aldrich where aldrich was getting the better of her in some of the stand-up exchanges aaron of course found a way to win mm-hmm. looked really good doing it but it's at least made me question you know because we haven't seen a ton of it since then. The early stages of that Molly McCann fight, I saw a lot of improvement. Actually, mm-hmm. Aaron outstruck Molly yeah. McCann for for even though it was still not a ton right. to go off of. But this is again a bigger jump in that direction. If Aaron Blanchfield can take down Andrade, think to like the way Valentina did when mm-hmm. Andrade fought for the title. I think you'll see a lot of similarities. <laughs> Yeah, in the ground and 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 how Valentina was able to dominate Andrade on the ground. I think Blanchfield would do very similar things if she can get it there. But Dominic, mm. what's so interesting is because we we all kind of assume, even when I've talked about Andrade in the past, I talk about her like she lacks a ground game. Mm-hmm. But really, think of who in her career has yeah. been able to take her down, hold her there, and dominate her. It's right. Valentina Shevchenko. And I think the list kind of ends there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's been outstruck by Rose Namajunas. I think Tisha Torres might have taken her down in their fight, but Jessica Andrade landed like nine takedowns of her own. Mm-hmm. If you go to Bantamweight, maybe you'd find more evidence of yeah. that. But in terms of her time going back and forth between flyweight and strawweight, Dominic, she's the bully. She does not yeah. get bullied. Except yeah. for, of course, fighting one of the best women's fighters of all time and the champion. So Aaron Blanchfield is able to do that. And clear, that is what Aaron Blanchfield will have to do to win this fight. Then I think this cements that Aaron Blanchfield is in a special class in this division. And Dominic, if she does that, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when she becomes yeah. a UFC champion. But again... Yeah. I'm I, I'm truthfully, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm buying into it. I believe Aaron Blanchfield's going to win this fight. But that's a lot of projection. It's a lot mm. of expectations. Mm. The resume has not is not given us the proof that she's capable of that. But I have a belief in her skill set. The dominance she's shown to the opponents she has gotten tells me that she's ready for this, that she is an inevitability at the top of this weight class. And I think she gets it done, but it's crazy to say, because what it would require literally makes her, I mean, she's only 23 years old. That would make her just all around special fighter, a once in a lifetime type talent in the women's divisions. Am I, am I overstepping in my, in my kind of projection for Aaron Blanchfield? Do you think I'm getting a little too ahead of myself? when her best win up to this point is a Molly McCann. No, I think she's earned it, right? I mean, this is someone that's 4-0 in the UFC. She's taken steps up with each of those fights. Honestly, still, I think the best win on a record is still Miranda Maverick, if you ask me, uh, even over you know J.J. Wow, Aldrich and Molly McCann. And she dominated Miranda Maverick. Mm-hmm. Do- I did not see that type of performance coming at all. So when she was able to do that, and then obviously she just shut down the – the hype and the momentum that Molly had. She's just 
been able to take out these different types of scenarios and storms she's been faced with so far. But now we're going from the three foot end of the pool to the diving board, 10 feet deep in no floaties or nothing with Jessica Andrade. If she can win this fight, it is a matter of not if, but when I truly believe that, but I, I have to wait and I'm not disrespecting you for saying it. Cause I love that you did. I'm going to have to wait and see, maybe mm -hmm. I'll just need to see a couple of minutes here in this Andrade fight. Maybe it won't even have to be the entirety of the fight. Maybe it won't even have to be a win, but if she can stay competitive with Andrade, that tells me so much because let's be honest here. No, these past few years with Andrade, People don't even stay competitive with her unless it's Valentina Shevchenko. She ran through Caitlin Chukagian. She ran through Calvillo. She ran through Amanda Lemos with the first ever standing arm triangle in the history of the women's division. Lauren Murphy, she <sighs> dismantled Lauren Murphy. That's the, I mean, that was an absolutely lethal. Duh. Dom, that was a month ago. That was a month ago. Yes. Like, how, how, how can I be so confident? In Blanchfield, when the best performance that Andrade has had maybe ever yeah. just happened 30 fucking days ago. I don't That's... know. I don't know what spell yeah. Blanchfield has put on me to believe in her this much. And you're right. Random Maverick is, is the best win on her resume, especially when you look at mm -hmm. how she did it. Yeah. Blanchfield, I knew of her coming right. into the UFC. She was an Invicta product, I believe. Uh, had a lot of potential, a lot of hype right away. Mm -hmm. She was looked at as like the biggest woman's prospect when she came in. But Miranda Maverick had already established herself yeah. as a really big prospect and had done it with the wrestling, with the grappling. Yeah. And for Blanchfield to go in there and utterly destroy her in yeah. that method. Yeah. That was you're crazy. right. I, I I kind of overlooked that one when I was thinking. I was thinking of her most recent fight. Yeah, so. of course. But Molly McCann, of course, due to the hype and a lot of the noise going yeah. in, that was in New York, a lot of barstool people at the fight and Molly McCann being with them. Aaron Blanchfield from that area was mm -hmm. booed yeah. walking into the cage. So yeah. a lot of pressure there. It was a pressure cooker, and she passed that test in flying colors and exactly. silenced the crowd after doing so. Yes. Actually gave a little, gave a little like, that was mm -hmm. easy. You yeah. Know, so I, I'm I'm all in on her, but I fully admit this could look pretty bad come Monday, if because Andrade, I could I fully can picture Andrade going in there and getting a first round TKO. Yeah, I because you can picture that with anybody she fights. That's uh, that's yeah. Andrade. That's the thing. Yeah. That's why I think this this main event is is really good, guys. Like if yeah. nothing else, I understand the rest of this undercard is weak. It's just weak. But this main event, I've advocated for it when it was Taylor Santos. Again, yeah. I don't know if I prefer it now with Andrade or whatever in terms of a fight, but I'm so happy to see these two in this spot. Obviously, Andrade has been here, done that. Yeah. I would have liked, I hope Taylor Santos gets a main event in her next fight. Yeah. But Aaron Blanchfield, I think, is deserving of this opportunity, even as the number 10 ranked fighter in the division, Dom. I said it after her last win against Molly McCann, I'm pretty sure. I wanted her to bypass everybody. I'm like, just send her yeah. to the top. Yeah. Have her fight one of these top three. And I remember you were like, oh, I don't know. Maybe we yep. give her one more and then take her there, which yep. is a perfectly reasonable you know, argument to have because we've seen people in similar positions to her, right. maybe with not as much evidence of her being excellent, but 
we've seen similar fighters in these positions where they get pushed way too quick yeah and then they get exposed yeah and then they just never recover yeah that, that could happen here i'm fully putting myself on a limb but i i think that's fun i think it's that's what you have to do when we we have this kind of um not saying you have to do it i mean you're 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 saying believe it when you see it i'm just saying that if i feel that way i gotta i gotta let it out because even if it kind of makes me look silly later like I also can say I was uh, ahead of the curve if it uh, goes my way. So, yeah, dude, I'm trying to think of like recent instances with young prospects like Aaron in this type of situation, specifically a main event against a top three fighter. I can't really even think of any the past couple of years. So the Aaron Blanchfield has proved to be a special talent. A win here. Wow. Wow. That's a, that's a good point. I don't know. I, it's I'm sure there is an example. The first fighter I thought of is Johnny Walker, but he got exposed on the prelims of a pretty big pay-per-view yeah. against Corey Anderson. He hadn't quite gotten to like fight night main event. I'm trying maybe you know. like uh I but did, I, I don't know. Like when Edmund Shabazian lost, was that a main event? Yes, that's a great example. That's he probably the only Brunson. other one. Yeah, yeah. Derek Brunson in that main event. That's yeah. a great example. That is something I could see happening yeah. here. If Andrade just steamroll Blanchfield, the striking difference just too much, yeah. and she just gets put down in less than five minutes. Right. I could definitely see that being the case here. That's sort of, I mean, Shabazian, I think it went longer, but you get my point. Right. Well, you saw this what happened a, with him, though, after. That's really, I'm glad you yeah. brought that up. This is a rare yeah, kind of fight. Yeah. And um, that's a lot of pressure for the younger fighter here in Blanchfield. Andrade really, some people may argue me on this. I don't think there's really like any pressure for her to take for this fight. Like, no, actually I saw some people saying that whoever is, um, I guess the manager or whatever for Blanchfield, that they should have told her not to take this fight because this Mm -hmm. is her first main event opportunity. She is someone with so much potential that so many people believe in. She had it been preparing a completely yeah. different fighter and Taylor Santos, you know, yes, Andrade taking on short notice, but I like a lot of people believe Andrade, one of the best fighters in multiple weight classes that maybe it was ill advised for her to continue into this main event, mm-hmm. but it could, it could prove off big t- or yeah, it pay could off. pay off big yeah. time. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, what do we always say when we want main events for fight nights, we want storylines. We want things to talk about come Monday. That's what this is. So I, I take it by your kind of hes- at least quiet hesitancy not to expect any action on this fight on your on your bet slip. Is that is the, that what you're telling me? Damn sure not picking a winner. I am very intrigued with a fight line or not to go the distance, though. I think the winner of this fight mm. gets a stoppage. I okay. really do. That's yeah. I mean, that's got to be a good a good bet, you know. Mm. Both both have been. I mean, they've just been murking everybody. So it's just, in the way that they just clash, man. Like Andrade is such a bully in there, so she could obviously put Aaron away with the striking. But say she's not truly prepared for twenty five minutes, and Aaron is. If Aaron can get her down once, twice, three times, I just feel like over the course of some rounds, she can get a finish on the ground. 
someone's getting a big finish in this fight. I feel it. And Andrade's style, like very rarely has she lost a decision because she doesn't go to a lot of decisions. And yeah, in her losses, it seems like when she's down, she tends to go for it. Like, yeah, she, she recognizes that you saw that when she fought Rose in fight Island, the rematch where she was down on the cards 2-0 going into that third and battered Rose in that third round trying to get a finish. So yeah, um, time will tell. We will see on Monday how silly we look or I look. Mm-hmm. So Dominic, we got to move into the biggest story going around though right now. There's more from this card. We'll talk about another fight here in a little bit. We got to talk about the IV situation. Mm. So boy, we're going to go through some a timeline here. Yeah, I got the yeah. majority of the timeline, Dom, but I'll have you fill in the Jeff Nowitzki gap that I have. Okay, Good deal. Good deal. So for those of you that are unaware, following the main event Saturday, Islam Makachev defeated Alexander Volkanovsky. Huge fight. A little bit of controversy afterwards. You know, some people feeling like Volkanovsky was the rightful winner. Um, it just seems like even the 24 hours after that fight, it was just a lot of heated arguments going on in the comments you have people that are saying volkanovsky should still be the number one pound for pound which i'm actually shocked that that turned out to happen uh, <laughs> yeah he was still voted number one pound for pound yeah. so that's kind of kept this conversation going and a little guy named dan hooker just put a bunch of fuel on this fire dom he unleashed a twitter storm yeah. On, I believe it was, was it Monday or Tuesday? It started, yeah, early in the week. So I got the tweets here. It started with dumb cunt thinks he can fly to Australia, hire a nurse to give him an IV, and we won't find out. Cheating dog. Never says Islam directly, but you know. Yeah. It's it's quite implied. And then he <laughs> Puts another tweet saying USADA doing fuck all. Puts a screenshot of a Google search saying UFC, how long is the suspension for IV use? It shows the first result. UFC fighters face up to two year suspension for IV use. Then he puts a tweet saying, prove me wrong, bet you can't. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, quite. And then, I mean, he, I think he said afterwards, someone said, maybe asked him who and he said islam is a cheat so that's what he did he gone yeah they just gone (laughs) yeah which let me say the kind of balls to throw (laughs) these level of accusations and then one of your tweets says prove me wrong we're like wait a minute prove you wrong you have to prove that there's anything to this yeah yeah but um it started there, and Dominic, I went ahead at that time. I put it on our script for today. I said, you know, it's, there's not a ton going on this week. Yeah. The fight card's not very good. Figured we'd talk about it for a little bit, mm-hmm. move on. Because, again, I didn't expect much to come from this. I knew it was big accusations. Right. But I kind of felt like if Dan Hooker wasn't going to present any proof, it'd just fade off into the into the night. Oh, no. It's not. It kept building. Like, I I was struggling at work today to try to keep up with the updates because I wanted to make sure I had everything. So many accounts are saying stuff. So, Brett Okamoto comes from the rafters here and and, uh, puts a thread out there. Mm -hmm. And I'll just read it. Mm -hmm. said, there seems to be a misunderstanding across the sport on the prohibited 
or non-prohibited use of IVs. I myself was not completely aware of this until this latest high-profile example accusation from UFC 284. According to the UFC slash USADA handbook, an IV can be used if it is, quote-unquote, determined to be medically justified and within the standard of care by a licensed physician and administered by a licensed medical professional. Mm-hmm. I saw it, Brett, that is. Further clarification, and here's the bottom line. If an athlete has administered an IV of more than the prohibited 100 milliliters, as long as it's done by a licensed professional, it is not a violation. Even in cases where dehydration, in parentheses caused by a weight cut, is the issue being treated. Mm-hmm. In other words, IVs used to treat severe dehydration caused by cutting weight are not really banned as long as a physician is the one to justify and perform it. Okay. Now, Dominic, you have the the receipts from one Jeff Nowitzki. I'll let you read that portion now because really this is the portion where Dan Hooker set off a storm and then it felt like Brett and Jeff are coming here to try to make sense of everything. Yeah. Yeah, so for those that don't know, Jeff Nowitzki is the UFC Senior Vice President of Health and Performance for the Athletes. He kind of put a similar thread to Brett, just a little more in-depth, I guess. But uh, UFC Anti-Doping Program, IV rule, was modified in 2019. Athletes, managers, and support have all received multiple advisories on this rule change beginning in 2019. All UFC ADP rules have been publicly posted since 2015 for, I guess, anybody to see, apparently. The IV rule advisories include the following. Uh, The following IVs are now permitted without a TUE. I don't know what a TUE means. I tried to look it up, couldn't find it. All I could find was it's Tuesday. uh, It's something like a, a, it's kind of like being just approved, like a sign off, like written permission almost in a way, I think. Okay. So he said, those received in the course of hospital treatment, surgical procedures, clinical diagnostic investigations. Those received from a licensed medical professional after a licensed physician determines that they are medically justified. IVs of less than a total of 100 milliliters per 12-hour period. Separate of the UFC ADP rules, athletic commissions require any athlete who receives an IV during fight week 2-1 obtain permission from the commission before receiving it and disclose use of that IV to the commission once you're done. Despite the fact that IV use is now permitted under UFC ADP, if administered by a licensed medical professional after a licensed physician determines they are medically justified. One more tweet. The required disclosure of such use to an athletic commission could possibly jeopardize the commission licensing the fight. Basically meaning if someone were to get an IV and not tell the commission, big problems, essentially, is what that last tweet means there. So. so I'm glad you filled in that hole because I read both of these, Dom. I believe it was last night or whenever it was posted. I think I read them last night. I went, oh, okay, well, something still smells fishy, <laughs> but okay, it seems like there's a reasonable explanation for all of this. Yeah. And I said, you know, okay, it's kind of a, in a way, it's almost a bummer ending to all this. Like you almost <laughs> want a bigger payoff. I'm just kidding. I, I hope there's, it's not true, but um went to bed thinking okay that's probably the end of it but wait there's more. there's more <laughs> because a now deleted tweet from one ali abdelaziz mm. he comes out and says 
instead of just letting Brett and, you know, Jeff kind of say their piece and it's sort of like, oh, okay. Like one could assume from those threads that they are somewhat, we don't know, but it sort of made it go, okay. So there is a way that Islam could have used an IV and it'd be okay. Yeah. Wally just can't help himself. So he puts the tweet out. He says, for all those idiots out there, the irony, (laughs) any fighter under the UFC banner can take two to three liters. (laughs) That's a lot. Y'all ever bought it? I'm not talking a whole ass two liter of pop. Yeah. Just injected into your veins. Two to three of them. Yeah. Of IV, as long as it's done by a nurse or a professional. Next week, I'm going to expose everybody. Islam Makachev is the pound-for-pound king. So that tweet comes out, and it's like, wait a second. Did that man just say two to three liters? That is so much liquid. <laughs> That's a That's lot of liquid. so much. He, he deletes the tweet. And then, I mean, Dan Hooker puts out another tweet. He responds to Brett Okamoto, his thread and puts in a portion that kind of ironically Brett did not have in his uh, his Uh thread. And it says athletic commissions require any athlete who receives an IV surrounding a fight to one, obtain permission from the commission before receiving an IV and two, disclose use of that IV to the commission after it's used, which is basically what Jeff Nowitzki uh, had said in a lot of words. Well, Dominic, it doesn't end there. It does not end there because – I got to thank a Reddit user. <laughs> oh, I boy. To, I went to Reddit for this, for bringing attention to this for me, at least. A user by the name of uh, Zeke3, okay. I believe is how you say it, on the MMA Reddit thread. Should be noted, <laughs> the Western Australia Athletic Commission strictly prohibits the use of IVs to rehydrate. It's right there on their website. Dominic, uh-huh. I went and checked. It's right there on their website. Wow. And Athletic Commission rules supersede USADA rules. Oh, wow. Just because USADA won't punish you for a doctor giving you an IV doesn't mean you're allowed to use it if you're fighting under the jurisdiction of an Athletic Commission that bans it. So... I actually have word for word what is in the Western Australia Athletic Commission, what they state about it, okay? Okay. It says the commission also prohibits the use of intravenous intravenous therapies. That is what an IV falls under. Okay. (laughs) Which are used for aiding rehydration from excessive and deliberate dehydration. It literally says it plain as day. Funny enough, before that, it also says the commission prohibits the use of heat suits, saunas, and any other device which purposely increases body temperature and or dehydrates the contestant. Oh. That might be another conversation. How did all these people come How do you guys make weight? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Anyways. And one last thing here. Aaron Bronstetter put out a tweet. Mm-hmm. UFC distributed an email tonight clarifying that IVs less than 100 milliliters per 12 hours may be used without a TUE if they are A, used in the course of hospital treatment. It's what you already said, yep. Jeff Nowitzki. So I think uh, 
think I wow. just think that was it. So that that is where we stand. Now. I see two um, worlds colliding here. Then Noah, yeah, we have USADA yeah. and the UFC's rulings, and the Australian, you know, rules and regulations yeah. for if there's fights there. That's oh boy. Yeah. So again, there has been no formal proof that any of this occurred. Yeah. So that's there's true. no accusations. <laughs> there's yeah. no accusations that are going to be thrown around here. We aren't the type of guys to do that. It would be ill-conceived to do that. But I'm not going to put my head in the sand here, Dom, and say that this does not smell a teensy bit fishy. Mm. Something is amiss. Something is, as my mom says, rotten in the cotton. <laughs> yeah. And it all points to Islam and his team. The tweet from Ali Abdelaziz, which, funny enough, actually, I'm going to go get get this tweet. He actually put out another tweet, Dom. Oh, okay. Sure I do not you, know this. I, I should have screenshotted it. But he actually put out another tweet, which, in a weird way, sort of, um, what's the word, where it it conflicted with his previous tweet okay, okay. that he had deleted. So he might have deleted this one too, which would just be like, go figure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Actually, no, I think it's still up here. So Damon Martin was responding some to some people. I saw some of his. Um, yeah. So Ali quoted it and said, brother, these people making stuff up is shocking to me. Islam did not do any IV. Even if he wanted to do, we would do it the legal way. Uh-huh. So many fighters didn't even know they actually can use an IV. Wednesday, I'm going to embarrass everybody. Stay tuned. Dominic, Wednesday is a whole ass week away. What that are is... we waiting for? Yeah. We got to wait till Wednesday to get whatever this is. I can't mm-hmm. imagine it's going to be a big letdown. But there's just a lot of information going on here, Dom, and I really can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. But none of it makes anybody look good. No. It doesn't make... Dan Hooker looked good because he is not presenting any proof. He is throwing around a lot of accusations with no evidence for it. Right. It does not make Islam and his team look good because they not only are there people like, actually, no, I should start with, it doesn't make Brett Okamoto or Jeff Nowitzki look good because Mm -hmm. they're posting out scripture from USADA's handbook. Right. While potentially, no accusation here, but other people are saying this, potentially knowing that it does not supersede what the Western Australia yeah. and in, in basic terms, almost trying to get everybody's attention off of it. Uh-huh. You know, Brett's been dodging those accusations for years that he is like a, like a mouthpiece yeah. for the UFC, Jeff Nowitzki, similar accusations. It does not make Islam and his team look good because again, as soon as you feel like maybe, okay, there might be reason for it, even if it is kind of a loophole and fishy, well, then you have a tweet like what Ali puts out mm-hmm. and then deletes. And then he comes out later and kind of contradicts himself. Also, the 100 milliliter thing, I, I've, I'm not smart enough to understand. I, I don't know if I've ever had an IV before. Apparently 100 milliliters, Dom, from what other people who have done this have said, it would basically be a waste of time for a fighter to hire a doctor to administer an IV if it were just for 100 milliliters. That's what I was 
So Damon Martin quote tweeted Jeff's tweets that I was reading and said, just for reference sake, 100 milliliters equals approximately 3.4 ounces. That's less than half of a cup. So basically the same size as those little travel containers you're allowed to carry onto a plane. In other words, not very much at all. That's what 100 milliliters is yeah. per 12 hours. So, Ooh, boy. so I don't. I, I, so I mean, we presented a lot of stuff here, and yet I don't. I, I don't know how I'm like. I feel like this isn't the end of it, Dom. Like I really thought this this story would come and go, but I feel like we are going to be talking about this as a community until UFC 285, which is still a couple weeks away. What do you? I guess now I think I've put down at least a lot the last couple pieces of info you were not aware of. So I'm curious, knowing how the Australian, the Western Australian Athletic Commission's rules would actually override mm-hmm. USADA and therefore make the use of an IV completely prohibited. Where's your brain kind of go here? Obviously no <laughs> accusations, but you have to think that something feels a little off about this whole thing, right? Yeah, dude. It's it. I the the Western Australian rule was the most interesting part of that whole kind of just catching everybody up part because I didn't know that I've not seen that. So to know that now, and you literally went to their website and read it word for word, bar for bar from their uh, page. That's crazy, man. And now I just I really do wonder. I feel like over this next week, and you're right, probably all the way up until 285, but definitely another whole week, if not more, of this. Especially if Ali comes out with stuff next week too. Things get interesting, man. I mean, I saw two where, I mean, obviously, I think the biggest punishment would be uh, the fight to be overruled. Islam stripped of his title could be like a, the the thing to happen here. Obviously, of course, the suspension, I guess, is would be in the running. I I I don't know. I don't know. It sucks too that we even have to talk about this because how much were we blushing yeah. over that fight no, on know. Monday's recap episode, and now the next day. Dan Hooker drops a bombshell and now it's just spiraled and snowballed ever since. Yeah, I absolutely hate that this is <clears throat> happening. It was such a I'm not, fight. I mean, if it's true, I want it to come to light and therefore have some vindication here. But, you know, if it's not, it's just a real shame because that fight lived up to the hype in so many ways. And it would really taint it for something like this to be revealed or to be somewhat proven and for the, you know, Islam to be stripped and mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's suspended. It just, it sucks. It really does suck. And at the end of the day, Dom, this all really the root thing here is that weight cutting is just a big problem in the sport. Um, in the yeah. man point released a really good video detailing a lot about one championships, um, hydration cutting or however you call it, water cutting, however, you word it but um i don't know what the answer is but if you have to use an iv to get to the weight that you're fighting at you probably shouldn't be in that weight class that's just yeah that's scary you know yeah i mean that's that's probably the reality of the situation man how pissed off must josh emmett be he looked fucking terrible when with his weight cut how pissed would he he'd be like y'all using ivs yeah (laughs) yeah like he, mm. he he looked rough, and I, again, there might be a whole nother layer to this where Australia doesn't allow people to use saunas or heats. How do these motherfuckers make weight? Yeah, well, now I want to go back and watch all of the embeddeds from last week because usually you can see people's weight cutting processes throughout. And I didn't watch them last week, but now I have to go see. I don't understand how anybody cut weight without in like can't have a sweatsuit or a sauna. What? Well, 
or can they only do hot baths? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, like hot any baths like, or I'm just but packing it's still on a bunch of. Because didn't the website say anything that like raises the temperature wasn't allowed? Well, so like. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe the only thing would be to put on a bunch of layers of clothes and work out. Yeah, I don't know, dude. On a treadmill, That's... like I, I, I don't. That's crazy. It's a little out of our element to know ever the full extent of how people do it, but Shoot. the obvious examples, it feels like they were all barred in that in that yeah, right. list there. So I don't know what's going to come of this. It feels like similar to the James Krause situation when we first talked about it. I feel like we haven't heard the end of it. I feel like yeah. there's going to be more. Yeah. Maybe I, I, we'll I, any, I uh media scrum from Dana this week that's that's where i'm going to be interested and i could totally see him just no selling this and being like no mm. no, no it's a non-story yeah and that would be very disappointing but <laughs> i mean if you had if you my confidence level that like something will come of this like islam will somehow be proven without a doubt that this happened and blah 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 mm -hmm. i'm very low on believing that that will actually happen i feel like I'm not. I haven't even heard if they're actually investigating this. Like, I have no idea yeah, if uh, if this is all just yelling to the clouds or not. Really, so mm. I'm very reluctant to believe anything real, legitimate's going to come of this. But I don't believe it's the end of it. Like, I think we're going to yeah. be talking about this till John Jones and Surreal Gone step into the cage, Dom. Yeah, rightfully so, because that's when you can return to betting. So you know, good timing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, that just made me think that I still have to eat 10 blazing <laughs> wings for future video. Be on the lookout for that, by the yes, way. That'll be coming in the next couple of weeks. Uh, shameless plug. I deserve that plug. <laughs> you do. I'm going to be you in do. pain. Yeah. Anyways, let's get on to some fight announcements, Dom. <sighs> Quite a bit to go here. over here. I'll go through the list, and per usual, you'll bounce off what you like, what you don't <clears> like, and we'll go from there. So first off, UFC 285 on March 4th. Jalen Turner's found his replacement opponent. No longer will Dan Hooker be in here. He's too busy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, right. He, uh, he is an investigative journalist now. Right. But uh, Jalen or uh, Matos Gamrot, excuse wow. me, will actually be stepping in. Coming off a tough loss in his last outing to Benil Dariush, he is now back in here on short notice to face Jalen Turner. Damn. I respect the cojones. Next up, April 1st, PFL has announced their first card for the 2023 season. I do have the uh, some of the fights that will be on that card, Dom. I'll just list off a couple of them here. And if you want to talk about more, you can. Mm -hmm. Main event, is, by the way, it's featherweights and light heavyweights for the mm -hmm. first uh, the first card. Brendan Lochnane, your champion from last year, the winner of mm -hmm. the inaugural Joey uh, award at this past year's Joey's. He'll be back in the main event against Marlon Marais. Marlon Marais really trying to salvage his career here. Co-main event at light heavyweight, last season's champion, Robert Wilkinson ran through everybody, did a lot of fun fights, very powerful yeah. guy. Going up against a guy who you could say similar things about from his UFC career, Tiago Santos Maheta, trying to win a million dollars. Also, you got fights like Chris Wade and Bubba Jenkins, Omariak Madoff's on this card. Christoph Jocko. Yeah. It was like, when did he get signed here? <laughs> um, Josh Silvera's on this card. There's a lot of good fights on here. I'm excited for that one. Um, 
Got to keep going through the list, though. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Also, Bellator. So I'm kind of glad we're getting a mix of everybody. Everybody. <laughs> but Bellator announced they are going to go back-to-back, as they've done uh, previously. They did it last year, actually, in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. You'll have Bellator 294 and 295 on Friday and Saturday, April 21st and 22nd. Fights of note. The main event for the Friday show will be Liz Carmouche defending her title against Deanna, Deanna Bennett. Um, I believe Kai Kamaka the third is on that card as well. Maybe Alimale McFarland. Good for them. Um, I know they're 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 on this card in some or the next card in some form or fashion. Um, the main event for the next night, Dom. Ooh. We'll see the a winner will be crowned, or so I hope, for the Bantamweight Grand Prix. Rafael Stotts defending the interim title against Patchy Mix. Mm. That's a massive fight. Absolutely massive. Yes. And then Dom, May 6th, UFC 288. Bryce Mitchell will be back going up against Jonathan Pierce. Jonathan oh. Pierce getting his first shot at mm. ranked action. I think that's an awesome fight. That is. So a lot fun. of good ones here. I, I We have been trying to keep fight announcements to the recaps, but since this week, well, before the whole IV thing yeah. took off, there, I felt like it was kind of proper to go and put them here. There was enough where they were yeah. good enough, fun enough fights to talk about. Where does your mind go, Dom? What what sticks out to you here? Oh, man. Matus Gamrot, Jalen Turner. Wow. That's an awesome fight. Man, I wanted Hinato Moicano and Jalen Turner just because I pitched it on here. But, man, Gamrot is a gamer for stepping in to take mm-hmm. on Jalen Turner the way that he's looked lately. He's been tearing through competition. We got number seven now versus number 10. Big time implications. Honestly, that fight as a whole – I enjoy that better than Jalen Turner versus Dan Hooker anyways. I think there's just much more at stake uh, in a fight like this. Stinks it's a little bit on short notice, but at least he had, you know, close to a month to prepare anyway. So that's an awesome fight and a really good challenge for Jalen Turner too because he's been on a tear, but now, like, his last one was Brad Rydell, so he's he's leaping in appropriately, I feel like, to the top ten. So that's why I like that one a lot. Shout out to the PFL, guys. When I saw that car get announced today... Two claps for him. Mm-hmm. I, I love, love that they're coming out kicking here. It's April 1st on April Fool's Day. It's at the theater, the Virgin Hotels. This must be a new one in Vegas because the UFC is doing a card there soon as well. So it must be a newer place. But Lachnane Marais. Marais getting introduced to the season format. He looks so good in his debut last year for the PFL and gets knocked out in the third round, man, against Shaman Marais. That's been a theme for him, Dom. You look at his fight with Marab, like he looked fucking awesome for the whole first yeah. round. But he like he's like I think I explained it before. He's the best one round fighter of all time. Yeah, yeah. That's, but then that's... you you go beyond that, and he is just zapped of everything. Yeah, I, I really wonder how that fight goes. Wilkinson Santos, Chris Wade, Bubba Jenkins. I mean, that is an awesome main card. I'm literally not even picking one. I'm going through all of these. But if I had to pick one fight out of all of them, I think I do probably still go Gamrot and Turner. Uh, the the one that's not going to get enough love, I feel like, is Mitchell and Pierce because not a lot of people knew who Jonathan Pierce is. Jonathan Pierce is really fucking good. So you're going to yeah. have to learn about that real quick before May 6th. That is a great stylistic matchup between two dudes that are very, very elite in the grappling realm of things. Can they cancel each other out? Will it be on the feet? If it's on the feet, who's better there? These are fantastic fight announcements. Now, what what is your favorite if you have to pick? 
I mean, Gamrot Turner definitely like, mm. kind of grabs Man. you, but actually my favorite is going to be Stott's Patchy Mix. Um, I'm really high on Patchy Mix. The way he looks, Obviously, Rafael Stotts is obviously elite, though. So, truthfully, truthfully, I sort of view this as the top two Bantamweights fighting head-to-head. I know Sergio Pettis is great. Other guys in this division, Kyoji Horiguchi. I mean, there's a lot. Juan Archuleta. These are all Mm -hmm. really good fighters in this division. Well, Danny Sabatello. I mean, these are all guys in the mix. It's a great division throughout MMA. But I sort of view this fight as being for the best bantamweight in Bellator. Right, yeah. And I I think that um, it's going to be a lot of fun because Mm -hmm. I think both guys are typically in very good high-level fights. And I'm just kind of – I like that Bellator does this every once in a while. They do the back-to-back thing. Yeah. And this was a question I was almost going to ask you off recording, but I said, you know what, I'm going to wait because I just want to get your thoughts kind of immediately. Before I was watching live, I know the UFC have done this before where they would do like a, a tough finale on Friday and yeah, fight yeah. night or a pay-per-view on Saturday. But I'm curious, do you feel like this is a concept that maybe the UFC could adopt even more where like in order to maybe not have to go I, – I understand for our content, the more weekends with MMA, yeah, the better. Yeah. But also – would it be, would you be opposed to like, if you have a card like this one coming up on Saturday, wouldn't it be more, I guess, digestible if you had this one on Friday and then like a pay-per-view like UFC 282 or, you know, maybe not a huge one that gets its own weekend, but like a solid pay-per-view to mm-hmm. follow it up on Saturday. Wouldn't you be more okay with the fight night not being super stacked, if you had something the next day that was better, or maybe even another fight night, but this time it's like a really high level fight night, like we have coming up in March. Yeah, I don't know. I I wouldn't be opposed to seeing it more often. I think Friday. Actually, I kind of wish the UFC would, at, even if they didn't do that, would just do more Friday cards. Friday Friday does not get enough attention in mm. combat sports. What do you think? Yeah, I think if if the UFC were to implement back-to-backs again, I think I would prefer something like this weekend's and next weekend's fight nights, both at the Apex, one Friday, one Saturday, boom, boom. Next week's card is not great either by any means, but I almost like it's cool to have like a fight night and then a pay-per-view, but there's something about a pay-per-view getting its whole week no, I agree. worth yeah. of attention and build, but putting two fight nights, bang, bang, both at the apex. They don't have to travel or do anything like that. If they're hosted in Vegas, I kind of like the idea of doing a Friday, Saturday, back-to-back fight nights. Next week would be off, and then we get you know whatever card comes after that. I think after next week, it would be uh, 285. So yeah, if they were ever to do that, back-to-back thing, I would do that. Friday nights, though, in general, give me, give me one Friday a month with the UFC instead of a Saturday. Why not? I I I've, I wish more often because Saturday's like I'm not much of a party guy anymore or like a bar guy, but mm-hmm. you know those are Saturdays are usually the night to like go do things with friends or mm-hmm. go out. You know that's like the day that everybody like really does stuff. Yeah, it'd be nice to get home from work at like five or five thirty, and then at six o'clock fight start. 
I mean, come on, dude. I think that's that would be a great way to kind of kick off the weekend. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I like that Bellator does a lot of Fridays and stuff, mm-hmm. and I think the PFL even will do it time to time. Sometimes they do Thursdays, which I'm also yeah. okay with. But yeah, I for the UFC to do it every once in a while, I think it'd be a nice change of pace. I mean, they used to do it. Maybe it didn't work out, but yeah. I, I but I liked a Bellator. This is something that Bellator could do to differentiate itself, do the back-to-backs, you know, on, on certain weekends. Unfortunately, Stotts and Mix probably ain't gonna get a shit. I mean, if they they already have to share the weekend, let alone yeah, if they yeah. have their own weekend, they aren't gonna get promoted anyways. So that's the worst part of the that's back-to-back. the only <laughs> bullet that I have to bite in saying that I like this concept. Is that now you have two title fights that'll get no promotion on the same weekend. So bittersweet <laughs> yeah. let's move on to the rest um we only got one more fight to talk about from this card but it's a good one i'm, I'm this is an underrated fight this, on this card yeah jim miller the legend he is on the road to ufc 300 where he will likely <laughs> he is going to be the guy the first the only fighter to yeah. fight on ufc 100 200 300 that is his plan i believe that would be his retirement fight i think has yeah. been the plan so he's on the road to do that but Dominic, he's not just taking fights and winning some, losing some. He's on a three-fight winning streak right now. All by and finish. All by finish, yep. Yeah. And say what you will about the level of opponent, but these are guys younger, mm-hmm. faster, mm-hmm. more explosive, more athletic than him. And he's turning back the clock. I mean, we're talking yeah. knockouts. When's the last time Jim Miller been knocking people out with the hands? So yeah, he's going up against another guy who fits that bill. Younger, mm-hmm. more athletic, more powerful, faster. Mm-hmm. Alexander Hernandez, who has really just not been able to figure out his career, it seems like, Dom. Uh, he he had reached a, a real big spike back when he knocked out Benil Dariush and followed that up with that Cowboy Cerrone fight where he was talking that shit and he was getting a lot of attention. And then ever since Cowboy dominated him, just feels like the guy's not really figured it out. He's I think he's been on like a win one, lose one. The whole yeah. time, mm-hmm. his record in the UFC is like five and five or five and six at this point. Mm-hmm. And coming off his last fight, he had made the cut to one forty-five. Don't know if you saw his comment at his um, little media scrum mm-mm, mm-mm. yesterday. He said during his cut to one forty-five, his dick didn't work. Oh, so now he is back to one fifty-five. Good to hear. So I'm glad to hear that it's working again. Especially but, for UFC Vegas 69. It's only right. But I mean, yeah, but this guy just cut weight to 145, what, January or December? It wasn't too long ago. This, he is ago. he is taking this on short notice. You're right. You're right. So, Dominic, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm leaning heavily Jim Miller in this fight. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty decent underdog. He's like mm-hmm. a plus 190-ish. Mm-hmm. And... I think he might be a popular pick among the public for underdogs due to where both guys kind of are at in their career. Mm. But truthfully, Alexander Hernandez should win this fight. Yeah, He should win this fight. He has every discernible advantage in terms of his current, I guess, athletic traits. Yeah, He has proven to be a good fighter in the past. But what's really interesting when you kind of look at just the some of the – I guess patterns throughout his career. If he can get you out in the first round, then he looks like a million bucks. He does. Yeah. yeah. But Dominic, he want like we just talked about with Marlon Marais, 
he has been, I believe he has like five first round finishes in the UFC. He's also been finished four times in the second round mm. in the UFC. So really what all I need here, if you go off of the patterns, is I need Jim Miller to survive the first round and he can likely take over this fight and win. And I like him to do it. I just, I'm not seeing it with Alexander Hernandez anymore. At one time, I believed he could really still make that climb. But I think Jim Miller is maybe being a bit overlooked in terms of how good he still is. And Alexander Hernandez just can't figure it out. I don't like that he's bouncing back and forth and weight classes and taking this on short notice. I feel like he's getting a little desperate to mm. save that career, and it mm. may just cost him his career. Yeah, that's well said, man. This is an interesting one. I I can see it now. Uh, going through these stats, taking notes today here, and you giving your thoughts as well. I'm probably going to be doing some sprinkling here. I've won some no. money with Jim Miller in the past. That's true, especially to win by finish. I think I looked before we started recording today around plus three hundred double method, to double chance to win by finish here for Jim Miller. Definitely probably going to sprinkle there. Probably play safe and play the fight as a whole to not go the distance as well, depending on those odds. I, I like this spot for Miller. He's been training. He was supposed to be on this card to begin with. I don't remember who the opponent was, but that doesn't matter now. It's Hernandez. Just cut weight not long ago, as Noah said, to 45. Now he's cutting weight again to 55 against a veteran that's been there and done that against everybody. Jim Miller, by the way, debuted October 2008. Alexander Hernandez couldn't drive a car legally yet in October of 2008, <laughs> Noah. Wow. So this is going to be a really fun fight. Don't think it lasts very long whatever side of the coin you're on. Yeah, no, that's, that's well said. I, that is the fight. I think that I'm most looking forward to outside the main event. There's some other ones that are interesting. You do have an undefeated fighter on this card. Did you see this? I saw you had him on here. Um, yeah. I did have him on here. I took him off because again, it's, you know, there's not a whole lot we can really say right now. Right. Right. But, um, 23, you know, he's facing yeah. Jamal Emmers. Who's looking mm -hmm. for his first win in the UFC. I believe, right. He still hasn't, he's only, He's one and two, and oh, he also and lost okay. on the contender series, though. So. Yeah, gotcha. So Jamal Emmers, I actually, oh my, kind of, I may favor Jamal Emmers in this fight. The odds are close. The odds, so the odds tell are close. you that he's twenty three and zero. That that made me raise an eyebrow because I'm like, yeah. okay, this Hussein guy's twenty three and zero. Yeah, but you look at the resume. He's yet to really fight in a very high level regional mm -hmm. promotion. Mm -hmm. I also believe he has not fought in a couple of years. Oh, let me look. I'll look. So actually, I don't think he's fought since COVID. Like I think he's 2020 is the last time he fought. So if that's not true, March, I'm March still 2020, March 2020. Yeah, literally when the pandemic, he's not fought since COVID. Yeah. So I think he may be, he may be into a bit of a can crusher. Remember that guy that, that, all the stuff was coming out about his uh, tapology page or whichever shirt dog page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where it was like fights didn't really happen. He had this really inflated record and he got yeah. smashed. I think this guy could end up being a little bit like that. Not necessarily faking fights, but right. Building up a record by beating low level opponents. Big step and up here. Jamal and um, sorry. Uh, I just forgot his opponent's name. Uh, Jamal, Emers. Jamal Emers. Gosh. Jamal Emmers, I actually think, despite the record, you know, one and three, if you include contender series or two and three, whatever. Yeah. He's, I think, 
decent. So I think uh, I kind of lean his way here. And I think those odds should be yelling at everybody yeah. to jump on him here. Let me. I, so I, I, I have dabbled in a sprinkle of a Askarov finish. I've dabbled there. But I will say for Jamal Emmers, you look at that UFC record, might not think much of it. These are the losses. Contender Series was a Julian Arosa. Okay. That's pretty solid loss. Yeah, that's good. Split decision loss to Giga Chikadze. Okay. And his most recent loss in August of 2021. So he's on a long layoff as well. It was a submission to Pat Sabatini. I mean, come on. Those ain't bad losses. The reason he's been out so long is Pat Sabatini fucked up his knee. Yeah, it was a heel hook. Probably messed it up bad. And I believe Hussein has quite a bit of submissions on his uh, resume. He's got a heel hook. There is a fear here. Um, There there is a worry for the leg locks to maybe rear their ugly head Mm -hmm. here. But telling you, I got a feeling deep in my loins, Dom. I'm I'm Mm -hmm. digging through these lines a little more in preparation for for my return. (laughs) So I'm just saying that that line jumps out immediately as like, do not take the bait for Hussein here. That is, mm. I understand them. Um, you had to, yeah, you got to follow your own path. Just a little. That's dabble. what I immediately. That was what I thought. And yeah, I've never watched the guy fight, so who knows? That's true. That's true. <clears throat> but we shall see. Mm. Make sure to tune into this card. It's a uh, six p.m. Right? Is that what you said? No, four p.m. Four p.m. Prelim, seven p.m. Main Eastern. Okay. So make sure to check that out and. Don, there's only one way to end the show around here, and that's with the little segment we like to call closing statements. The point of the show where me and Dominic talk about anything and everything, MMA-related or not. So, Dominic, any closing statements to send us into the weekend? I think I'm going to go with this, Noah. It's an (coughs) exciting night for me, an exciting weekend for me as a Post Malone fan. i got to bring my boy back into the show because Thursday night, the day we're recording this, it kind of is a two-parter because I'm talking about my excitement for a couple things with him. But the first and foremost, the question here, does anybody out there still ever watch Impractical Jokers, or have you ever watched Impractical Jokers? Because that used to be my shit for a, a, a few years. I've fallen out of it the past few, obviously. But now, with their new season started last year, Noah, they don't have Joe anymore, which is so unfortunate. Mm. But now they have a celebrity guest that comes in, and he's like the fourth fan. He or she is the fourth person to do the pranks and all that fun stuff. Post Malone going to be on the show tonight. So I'll be tuning in to the Jokers again. <laughs> and he's performing at the All-Star Game this weekend in his home state of Utah. So that'll be full, uh, cool for me to watch. But yeah, Noah, Impractical Jokers guy? Come on. You had to be at uh, one point. I feel like everybody has been at some point in their life. I think I can count on one hand the amount of episodes. I've oh, watched. wow. Okay. Yeah. All, right. All right. And you know what's weird is like I've always found it enjoyable. I yeah. found it funny. But um, maybe it was because it was on True TV, right? Isn't that what it's yes. on? And that's yeah. just not a channel I really ever am heading towards unless it's March Madness. But yeah, um, it also may be I remember when I was in high school because it's been on for a while, right? It was on when we were in high yeah, school. Yeah, this is it? season 10. Yeah, okay. So I remember being in high school. My dad actually hates that show. Oh. Which isn't it? Isn't that crazy? My like, because you know my dad a little bit. I feel like he would really enjoy laughing. You, at that show. <laughs> right? Like, wouldn't you assume? Yeah. Because my dad, you guys don't know my dad. Dom does a little bit. He laughs at everything. <laughs> I could say hi to him. He's laughing. Exactly. <laughs> Literally, if if Dom, if my dad saw Dom, 
he would burst out laughing for no reason. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure he saw our buddy Nick at the gym. Yeah, yeah. And he just burst out laughing just because he was like, whoa, this is Nick. Yeah. Like, it's funny. That's just my dad. He laughs at everything. And yet he was like, oh, that show sucks. I was like, really? Yeah. You think that show sucks? A show that literally everybody loves is yeah. a, a comedy show. But I've always enjoyed it when I've watched it. I've just, it's. I don't know. I don't know what it is, Dom. Like huh? it's just never. I never click the channel. I, Maybe, I, yeah. I don't feel like I ever really see it when I'm skimming. Yeah, yeah. But lately, since I've I've only had cable, this is another reason. <laughs> you remember from when we were in college? Like, I had that real tiny, dinky little TV yeah. that I would basically use to play my PlayStation on and watch Netflix or whatever. Yeah. Never watched it for regular TV. Yeah. Then when I moved off campus, I never had a TV in my room. Mm. Also never had cable throughout my time in college. Right. I'm sure you can find impractical jokers on something, but that's a big reason. And now that I do have cable because my apartment provides it, typically my channels don't leave like ESPN. Yeah. ESPN too. Occasionally I'll go to Comedy Central to watch some South Park. Like Mm -hmm. that's if it's not that that I'm on YouTube watching stuff or ESPN watching fights, whatever. So yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's a big reason, um, truthfully, because I feel like through my college years I just didn't watch any TV, yeah, unless it was sports stuff. So yeah, uh, um, but I get a couple different little doodads there, so that should be that should be fun for you, Dom. Yeah, of course, of course. You got anything for me? Trying to th- yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, not sure if I do. Well, I'll, I'll mention something. Okay. Maybe Dominic can can help me out. I don't know if he's been there. Maybe if someone is still listening at this point of the show, you can comment some stuff. So my aunt is getting married this summer in Panama and okay. Florida. Okay. So we're all going for a week. It's going to be kind of our vacation. Also, you know, going for a wedding and whatnot. Yeah. Any recommendations to anybody who's been in that area, who's vacationed there, who lives there even? You know, mm-hmm. some some nice spots to check out, some nice restaurants, whatever. You know, just let me know. Dominic, okay. I'm guessing, have you ever been to Panama? Uh, one time, because we have been to Destin quite a bunch, and it's like right. 45 minutes away, but it's been a, it's been a long time mm-hmm. ago. So I know that they have like a new, like, uh, not a pier, but like a... Um, what do they call it? Almost like a boardwalk type thing. It's not an actual boardwalk mm. on the water, but this real right. big area with restaurants and shopping right on the sand. I've been there and that place was pretty cool. I'm sure you'll see it. I'm blanking on the name of it. It's kind of like the Jersey Shore almost. <laughs> well, yeah, a little bit of little version of it. Okay. No snooky or anything. I don't know. There. I don't know why that's I don't know why that's what I thought of when you said that. But yeah, if anybody wants to give any recommendations, I would appreciate it. But I would also just mention, Dom, Mm. be on the lookout, guys, in the next couple weeks. We'll have a new verbal sparring coming out. Mm -hmm. In case you missed last episode when we talked about it, I am being reinstated into the below average bet slip. Dominic has given me the hot tag. It's been a rough start to 2023. Dominic has said, I need you. I need you back. (laughs) Yes. I actually begged to come back, and Dominic said, fine, but on one condition. (laughs) Right. Blood must be spilt. So yeah. we will be doing a verbal sparring where we go 10 questions 
about the world of MMA. For every question, as soon as it's read, I must eat a blazing wing Ooh. from B-dubs. Mm. Mm. Honestly, I, my ass I, is hurting for you. I'm not even sure if this is going to be good content. Like, I'm really not. because I'm. What if you're not able to speak? Yeah, like, I just, I don't, I'm not confident this is going to go well, like, at all. <laughs> but it, I've already talked, I brought it up to yeah. you. I said it on the show. It has to be done now. Yeah, you're right. That's facts. So, yeah, be on the lookout for that. But my name's Noah Baker. That's Dominic Slee. We are but just two of the below average Joes. And we'll see you guys on Monday.